0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes.
1: 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Big welcome into the show. As you can tell, I'm not letting Monday ruin anything. You know why I don't let Monday because in the sports world in in the sports world when you get to wake up and you get to come on a sports show, it doesn't matter. Monday's exciting. It means you get to back get back to doing this, which is just getting all into sports and right now it's it's turning into a really exciting time we're getting into late july i can smell training camp gary for the ohio yeah. bobcats gary baldwin joining us on the show troy Bowman will be joining us in just a minute joey Medor is on the line right now to talk copperhead baseball we'll talk to him in just a few moments but you can smell training camp training camp is in the air i mean the the players are geared up and ready to go and we're ready to really dive into Bobcat football. Dive into high school football. It's about to be sports season. It's about to be that, that law we had. It's about to go away and go away quickly. And for us here in Southeast Ohio, we're lucky because the Copperheads are the first team that's giving us some excitement. They've got a huge game tonight, Gary. Playoffs on the line against the Richmond Jazz. Final game of the season. Copperheads at 22-17. and 17. Half a game back from the Cincinnati Steam, and I believe one and a half, if my math is correct, back from the Licking County Settlers. It's the final day of the regular season, Joey, and this is a huge game tonight for the Southern Ohio Copperheads. But the playoffs change every year for these teams, the, for the Great Lakes League. Our listeners know that. Let's just clear the air here. Exactly what are the scenarios, Joey? in front of the Southern Ohio Copperheads tonight in terms of the playoffs, in terms of will they have another game at Bob Renn Stadium. Go ahead and lay it out for our listeners.
2: All right, so last year what it was was the top three teams made it, and they had a wild card game before. They eliminated that this year. So in the North and South Division, Lucas and the GLSCO, the top two teams are your playoff teams. So the one and the two seed. They'll play each other the first game will be played at, uh, obviously, the uh, top seeds field, game two at the lower seeds field, and then they go back to the top seeds field for game three. And uh, I think you're a little bit confused. We have one more game tomorrow. One more game tomorrow. Game.
1: Yeah, my apologies there. Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, we ha- so basically, with the Copperheads, if they sweep out, if they win these last two games and sweep the Jazz, they'd be in regardless. Because Looking County and Cincinnati are playing each other, and obviously one of those two team teams have to lose at least two games, if not three. And the other scenario for the Copperheads to get in, if they were to drop one of these next two games to Richmond, they would need Licking County to sweep the Cincinnati team and the Copperheads have to take the other game.
1: So if the Copperheads win both, they're in, basically. They're in, yes, 100%. Two wins and in. And my apologies on the confusion there. I was looking at Monday, Tuesday. I was all excited about a Monday and then looking at the wrong days. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. This Copperheads team is talented enough to do it. And Sebastian Fabic with that huge home run. He's rounding out. Is he going to win MVP of this league, Joey? I mean, he he just feels like maybe he's that guy, but then you've got Iverson who's able to hit and pitch on the other side. Is it going to be a Copperhead again as the MVP of this league, or do you feel like there's somebody else out there in the GLSCL that could take an MVP from the two guys for Southern Ohio that all the fans think should probably be the MVP?
2: You know, it's tough. It's tough. Obviously, I'm biased, and I've watched Fabric and Iverson all season long before I got home run yesterday, man. I, I. I bet it was up around 400 feet. It was an absolute problem off the bat. You know, he's been in a bit of a slide throughout the, the last couple of weeks of the season, so that might hurt his chances in the end. If I were to give it to one other guy in the league, uh, of the Lima Locos, Tyler Tolles is a very good player. I believe when he came to Bob Run Stadium in one of the two games, he had a nine-RBI performance Oof, against wow. us in one of the games. So he's probably a top candidate. I mean, Lima's also the best team in the league right now record-wise. But, I mean, Fabic and Iverson, they're both great selections. Out of the two, I'd go with Iverson because he's just been the best pitcher in the league. I'll 100% guarantee you that one. And one of the best backs. Yeah,
1: Yeah, the thing about Lima is they're playing in that North Division, Joey. So you don't really know. Right. Like They're 26-13, and right. 13 and they, they performed well against the South Division. They usually do, but they get to play Grand Lake and Gallion a bunch more times, and St. Clair is not as good, and the, the Michigan and Muskegon, they're not nearly as good. They would be near the bottom of the South Division. But it's going to be the Lima Locos, barring some sort of miracle, waiting in that championship series that the Copperheads hope to get to. It, it's been a great turnaround for Austin Dunphy and a great turnaround for this team. Joey, I know that predictions might be a little tacky, but how confident are you in the Copperheads' ability to win these next two games and, and clinch themselves a playoff spot?
2: I mean, I'm very confident. Uh, this Richmond jazz team got the best of the Copperheads the first time around. They took two out of three in Bob Wren Stadium, but this Copperhead team, out, there's just that energy about it. They
1: seem locked in,
2: and they're you know kind of determined too, because this team's been through a lot of adversity through so far this summer, losing all the pitchers. All the position players, all the injuries that they battled through, and they're still right here with a chance to grab a playoff spot. And of course, they lost their head coach just a few weeks before the season. Austin Dunphy didn't even know he'd be the head coach and manager of the team until a couple of weeks before. So, you want to battle through that, make it into the postseason? And I mean, you know as well I do, Lucas, when you get into of baseball,
1: anything can happen. Oh, without a doubt. And it's a real credit. Uh, to the Copperheads organization that they've been able to pull this off. Joey, thanks for joining us on the show, talking Copperheads. Best of luck with your call tonight. Push the good energy to those players. Let's get them into the playoffs. Let's give them an opportunity to try to win back-to-back titles, all right? Yep, sounds off, Lucas. Thanks for having me on. That was Joey Medore, the very talented broadcaster for the Southern Ohio Copperheads. And this is really just a testament to the quality of the Southern Ohio comprehensive organization, Gary, because you're looking at a organization that went through a lot of turnover and, and, and they're still right there in the thick of things in the playoff race, whether they make the playoffs or not, which they should Richmond's 14 and 25 bottom of the division. They've had the comprehensive number a bits, but come on, you got to pick up the last two against a team that has struggled so much. Over the course of the season, but it's a testament to their organization that you're able to go through a coaching change two weeks with that coaching change, losing a lot of arm talent, lose so much arm talent throughout the season that your inexperienced head coach runs out of sources to find arms and yet somehow have two of the top three MVP candidates in the league and be right there in the playoff race in the tougher division in the league. It's a real testament to the organization and their ability to push through anything. They're, they're the premier organization in my opinion outside of Lima but even Lima is just more on field. If you go full organization in terms of public relations, all those things, I think the Comperheads are without a doubt the number one team in the GLSCL and they're starting to prove that on the field again by pushing through the adversity
3: this season. Is there anything in particular do you think that uh, has been said to these players because when you have that kind of transition there needs to be a consistent message. What is it we're trying to do uh, to achieve success uh, individually but also as a team. Is there, is there some theme that they're sticking with over there to uh, uh, develop his team and to stay focused in that way? Lucas, are you aware of anything special they're doing?
1: I'm not aware of anything special they're doing. I just know that they have built a culture and they, have, and they have developed this this attitude and idea that guys come here and they start to want to win. Because in summer collegiate baseball, this is not classic sports. Not everybody signing up is there to win a championship. There's guys there that are just there to get innings. There are guys there who honestly just want to party and play a little bit of baseball. There are guys there who just don't really care. They care more about their college teams. So to have success in summer collegiate baseball, it's figuring out a way to get those guys to care. And the Copperheads have done a fantastic job. And that was led by Phil Butler, but really it's been led by the entire organization and the way the town treats the team, the way the region treats the team. And they just start to want to care to win at the end of the season. I saw that my year with the cop reds, it carried over to the next year when they were a record breaking team and won the championship. You saw the passion they showed and it's carried over to this year. They want to win. They want to win in Bob Redden stadium because they love the atmosphere. They love the fans. They love the way the organization has treated them. Um, and all those ingredients and all those factors lead to guys caring. And as soon as you get guys to care in summer collegiate baseball, that's the key to pushing you over the top and getting you into a, a winning
3: organization. Well, it makes sense to me because if you don't have some some uh, overall uh, qualities of those types, those encompassing values that, that make a team a team, it's going to be tough, and for guys that come from such uh, diverse uh, backgrounds, because they're coming from all over the place, and yet we got to ask them to pull together here in the end, and uh, for a month and a half, be a quality baseball team and and play championship baseball. It's one thing to play baseball, playing championship baseball, Luke. I, I, you know, that's the challenge, it seems to me. And I like where they're at right now. I'm with you, uh, they've got a chance. You know, when you get into the playoffs, if you can, if you get to that point. Hey, it's anybody's uh, anybody's opportunity, and and maybe this will be another uh, stellar season for the uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah, I
1: think that they're going to be. Uh, I think they're 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 already right there. I think that it's just about whether they can make the playoffs, and that comes down to the next two games, which they should win, and I expect them to win. We're going to talk football on the other side of the break. All types of football, pro, college, a little bit of high school. We'll sprinkle it all in because. July 22nd in Southeast Ohio. I call that football season, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely call that football season. It's also sports fan season. We'll be right back on 970 WATH.
2: By the Reds Pick Six Plan, presented by McDonald's and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto Bobblehead. You can pick any six games, including Fireworks Fridays and Bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six McDonald's extra value meal vouchers. Be a part of the historic 150th anniversary season by purchasing the Reds Pick Six Plan. Get yours today at Reds.com/slash 150.
0: Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time.
2: Some doctors and caregivers tend to give lectures, but at Ohio Health, we believe in listening more than we talk and see ourselves as partners in your health, not prescribers. We believe your greatest source of strength is already within you. Because at Ohio Health, we believe in your power to be healthy. Discover your best health at ohiohealth.com
0: slash we believe. dales valero in uptown athens has all your needs covered whether it be gas or a snack but especially beer come check out the revolutionary new beer garage with over 200 new types of beer and an expanded craft beer selection Dale says if you think a cave is cold, wait until you step into our garage. Dale's Valero is open early and open late, so come on by to Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens. Now, for more of The Sports Fan on 970 (laughs) WATH.
1: fan 970 wath big welcome back into the program. We've got Troy Boland in studio who's questioned my credibility on many websites. Troy, <laughs> you questioned my credibility. I wasn't questioning your credibility. You said that no credible journalist would ever say what I said. Oh, well, yeah, you could look life. at it
4: that way, but I didn't mean it that way. Okay. I, I, know I you made didn't it like mean it there was, was no publications of. You know, AP writers would never... Oh,
1: yeah, because they're AP writers. I'm not an AP writer. I never claimed to be one. And and this is in reference, by the way, and you guys should really check this out. We've got a new blog, fellas. Wath Sports Fan, W-A-T-H, sportsfan.com. Very simple. No blog spot attached. We buy domains here, okay? Whip out the pocketbook. com. You'll go there. We're going to link it to the website... Here over the next coming days. It's going to be all up and ready for football season. And on this website. It, there are a lot of great things. That you really should check out. Every single sports fan. That we do. Well at least the ones that I'm on. And then we'll start to get it all cleaned up. Is going to be posted on this website. So nice and easy. You can go back and listen to the show. If you missed it at any time. You can listen at any time in your day. And you can go back even. And listen to a lot of shows on there. And then you can also check out. All sorts of podcasts. We'll be adding a few in the fall. We'll have some very talented students. We'll have some podcasts on there that you could check out or not check out. Completely up to you. Also, you can check out the Sports Fan Extra on there, and we are also doing blogs. I wrote about who will be the next TVC Ohio coaching legend on the WATH SportsFan dot com blog, and the comment that Troy is talking about that I made in this, and I don't really want to have this argument on air because we've already had it over text and it's a rather pointless argument, I think. But I said that I believe that Nathan White is the best offensive coordinator in Ohio State. Ohio high school football history. And that's because of his numbers. He's got three offenses in the top 15. Nobody else has more than one. And I just think it's a very numbers-based argument. Show me a guy that has a better statistical resume right up front. It's hard to show me that person. And Nathan White gets a lot of credit too for those offenses. That was an opinion. That was supposed to be a very small part of the article. I actually have another article coming out that explains that opinion a little bit more and talks about how maybe the Bob... uh, The Bulldogs, Bobcats, Bulldogs, thinking about everybody, can get better next season. But how about the rest of the article? I don't know if you guys had a chance to check it out. I just wrote about who has the opportunity to be the next legend. Because there's a lot of guys with legacies to be formed in the TVC Ohio next season. You've got first-year coaches, second-year coaches, third-year coaches, and fourth-year coaches. No legends there. No legend coming from another school. It's just all guys who have a lot of legacy to fulfill. And and the list I put together, and and this considers more than just their potential success, Gary, because to be a legend at Athens is different than being a legend of Vinton County. It's true. Because if you go win the conference for the next five years at Athens, but no playoff wins, you're not a legend. Right. You win the conference next five years of Vinton County, what are you?
3: You are a legend. You are a legend, <laughs> legend,
1: legend. Vikings fans yeah. would go through the moon. They would. Right? they would. So I combined all that, plus their potential success moving forward. Here are my rankings. Number one, I think, is Rusty Richards. He's got a career record of 26-10 and 10 right now. Listen, he's already got two conference championships. He already has a regional title. The first for Nelson, New York, since 1983. Right? I mean, that that in and of itself sets him up to be a legend. Number two on this list... I put Travis Bethel for the Vinton County Vikings. The reason I put Travis Bethel at number two in my rankings is because I see him as having a real opportunity with an underrated squad. I think talent wise, a program that has struggled over the past few years and a fan base that's ready to get really excited. I think Bethel is a guy that had his staff set up. Everything I've heard from his football knowledge is he's a guy that's ready for this. He's passionate. He's smart. Vinton County opened up an extra staffing spot. They're committed to this football team, this iteration of Viking football working out. They have a talented freshman quarterback moving into a sophomore. I think if Bethel's a good X and O's guy, which we have no evidence yet that he is, and this is all, you know, what I'm hearing, they've never even met the man yet. But I think that Travis Bethel has an opportunity that if he has success over the next five, 10 years, two conference championships, that he can be considered a legend at Vinton County, much of the way Jack O'Rourke is. They still yearn from him. He's all the way over in Hillsborough. Then I think it's Eric Dean Alexander for much of the similar reasons for Travis Bethel, and I think that Dean showed a lot of things last year with a 4-6 and season. Then I put Nathan White. The expectations are high. You're basically going to have to make another state championship game to elevate you close to Ryan Adams because you can't have the next 10 years for Nathan White be worse than the last 10 with Ryan Adams because then how can you call yourself a legend when you took over for a guy and the next 10 weren't as good as the last 10, right? I think a legend has to elevate a program. I think David Tennant and Megs, he has got a, he's already coached in what? 40 games in his career, 15 and 25. I kind of put these guys at the bottom of the list. And then Mike Smith, 5 and 15 record. He has appeared in a state championship in West Virginia, though. So maybe an opportunity to build something out in Wellston, but it's going to take time. And Jason Peck, 34 and 48 career record, second season here at River Valley. I don't think he had success at South and I don't see him becoming a legend at River Valley. It'd be quite a turnaround to become a legend from here. I know it's a long-winded answer, but I wanted to get it all out because you guys are high school football nuts. What do you think of the list? Do you have major disagreements? Do you have questions?
3: What do you think, Gary? Well, I think for starters... Uh, Bethel kind of sticks out because I've seen that young quarterback play, and I'm, I'm impressed with him. I think he has a lot of possibilities. I think
1: people are forgetting about him. Everybody's yeah. talking about Coulter Cleveland, the next great sophomore, and and we've got Braylon Dameron who started in yeah. this league as well.
3: Uh, well, that's that's true. But I think if you're going to uh, make a statement, you've got to have some quality players, guys who can play big in big ball games and and, and, and play decently in, in games that you just kind of walk through. But I was impressed by the way that you know, young man played, and you know, last year he pulled that game out uh, against Nelson York. That game, Nelson York had that game, but he took that team down the field, and uh, and it was one big pass after another. I didn't know that guy could throw the ball. He can. He's got a good arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got a guy like this for the next several years. You have a chance right there to lock in some some nice uh, some nice wins, some challenge for the title, maybe titles. Who knows? But it, it, it certainly brought out, I thought, uh, the best in some of those uh, young uh, Viking athletes. And let, let me tell you why I say that. Right after the game was over down there, uh, the, uh, the I forget which radio station it was, the Cover Dad ball game other than us, uh, those kids were really stoked, and they really seemed to believe in one another, certainly believed in the, in, in the coach and the direction that, that program's going on. If he can tap into that and continue to develop those young men along those lines, he's got a nice core and once and you've got a core of guys that can play with a great attitude, these younger guys coming up have a benchmark that they need to achieve, and you've got to be able to do that. I like that aspect about it.
1: And Vinton County's got the athletes, Troy. I mean, we've always talked about that. Why are they so athletic on the basketball court and they can't carry that over to the football field? And, you know, there have been coaches. I heard this from Kevin Wiseman. Kevin Wiseman told me this, that he's had many, many coaches around the area calling Vinton County a sleeping giant. Because they have so many athletes, because they do have a passionate fan base, that if a coach can get in there and put the right program in for the Vinton County Vikings, they could be a team that is right up there with Athens and Nelsonville York at the top of the TVC Ohio.
4: Yeah, you have to get Nathan on to to break down Vinton County's struggles in football. Um, they love their basketball. Uh, a lot of athletes don't play football. I don't know what the stability of their youth program is. That's that could be a. A big deal in determining um, how you how you build a football program going into your high school level, so i i'm, I'm not over in benton county i can 't speak for them. Nathan would be great though to have on uh man loaded question all the way from the beginning i 'm trying to rack my brain here what you all went through let's <laughs> um, uh, see it was back to the the article right yeah that's what we 're talking about um, it, with your article by the way, you asked me if I read it, and I did read it, but I was so hung up on that stupid sentence in my head that i which I was going to give you some advice going forward, is be weary of outlandish type things of bold predictions because it could take away from the good oh, content yeah, that you without wrote.
1: without a doubt. Once I wrote it, I mean, once, you, once everybody got hooked on that point, I saw that that was probably a mistake in the article, but I'm not going to go in there and change it. It's written. Right. That's well, my can, opinion, right? Well, it's a
4: blog. You can change no. anything you want, but just be wary of that. Here's what you could have said. Nathan White orchestrated one of the best offenses in the history of Ohio high school football. How hard is that to do? I mean, that would have been a great and it I would literally, just
1: I literally could have put one of the best, and it wouldn't have changed my opinion at all. And then everybody would have ignored it in the article.
4: Yeah, you it. need to get in the habit of actually doing that. It's a great. I mean, P. Floyd is the master of doing that, um, of just saying one of the best because then there's no open ended for arguments. There's nothing to. to but dissect. I also,
1: I also have another art. Like I just really wish this is an argument that I am inviting. I am in fact inviting is the Nathan White point because statistically. It's right there. I mean, he's got three of the top. I know that it's outlandish. I get that. It's, it's an opinion. I believe that he is the best offensive coordinator in the history of Ohio high school football. Because, to me, best is performance. We have numbers for this. And I get there are differences in performances, and this is not a perfect system. But I don't think anything is. I think making a claim that the best basketball player in the world is the best player in the NBA, like, yes, probably but is there some guy out there that just plays for fun? like, the, like the we, You just don't know. You can't go through every single basketball player that's ever lived to make that argument. And, Troy, I get all your points that it's very complex, and I'm not saying that he's the smartest offensive coordinator or that he invented the best scheme ever or circumstantially. I'm just saying, flat out, nobody has been under command of such a dominant offense over such a short period of time He's been there for 10 years, and he proved he could do it outside of just those amazing teams because he's produced high-level offenses with high-level players in those offenses in Southeast Ohio, which is tough to do. And and I think he's also been 100% credited for it. You mentioned a lot of offenses to me that have had success throughout the years. There's just no way, and this is, this is your point, I get. There's no way to say who was actually in charge of that offense, so how can I say that we were, he was the best? My argument is, by all the evidence we have, I don't think anybody can really show me a name, a person, and say, yes, they, are, they were definitively better than Nathan White was as an offensive coordinator. It, it, all this to say this, Nathan White is incredible as an offensive coordinator. He did an incredible job. Over 10 years, two 2,000-yard rushers, three consecutive All-State quarterbacks, guys that would come in, you didn't know who they were, and they'd break records. That happened time and time again, and there's college players who will go back to Nathan White and get lessons from him. Athens has a great head coach next year. Whether he's the best offensive coordinator all-time or not, I think ends up being beside the point. Yeah, but uh,
4: that's my whole point to you was, it that was, you took away from your entire article, everybody lost the information that you spent time on because they got caught up on that controversial line. So be wary of that in your writing to make sure that the article doesn't get hung up on a debate of something that really wasn't kind of even supposed to be the article. Yeah. That's good writing is to make sure those things aren't, don't occur. So just be wary of that. But let's get off of that because this is a whole different topic. We're talking about your – see, just in this interview, we got off of your topic because of the sentence. So don't – just be careful <laughs> of that. Anyways, legendary. Here's the thing. <laughs> Um, the the whole article. Now that I got it in my head, I'm trying to remember what I read. Here's my here's my one little issue. I don't like the, the term legendary being thrown around so loosely. I only have one legendary coach right now in my head in Athens County history, and that's Dave Boston Senior. None of them are other none of them, none of them are legendary. I think it takes a lot of longevity. Phil Ferris. I will call Phil legendary long after the fact. It'll probably be five years after when he retires before I will actually consider him or use the word legendary when speaking of him. He'll be former Tremble coach Phil Ferris for about probably five, five years or so. Then I will attach legendary to it. But that's the only two. Ryan Adams, possibly way down the road, but his longevity—he didn't really coach for that long. Two thousand, what was it? Eight? No, wait. When we joined the TVC. He was only coach of Athens from the time that we joined
1: the TVC until this year. Yeah, and I'm not saying so, that I'm not saying that it's easy for these guys to be legend. Right. I just rank their possibility of being. You can put all their probabilities below twenty percent to do this. Yeah, right. But I just rank the probability that these guys can develop that type of career, to where and, and legend to me is a little looser. Legend to me is a guy that when you talk to football people from that town, ten, fifteen years after the pa- after the fact. They talk about the day's win. Remember when Jack O'Rourke coached the Vinton County Vikings. If a college kid like me hears about them, they're a legend, right? If a guy that comes in fresh that's just covering it, they are a legend. Who else have
4: you heard of besides Boston senior and junior as a college kid?
1: Jack O'Rourke. Let me see. See, I don't don't even really know that name. (laughs) Well, I mean... That was just pounded into me by Nathan right. Lamb. I will admit right. that because they wanted to back. But basically, those names just... Again, it's high school football. It's hard for guys to be famous as legends. But I think that those would be considered legends. Anyway, getting caught up in the details again. All these All these guys have an opportunity because it is such an interesting league this year. You have so many new faces. You have a team at the front that took a big step back while everybody else seems to be taking small steps forward. And I just think it's going to be a really competitive TVC Ohio this year, Troy. I think it's, it's going to be the most intriguing conference we've seen since probably when Alexander won it. Um, but even then, I wasn't here. I couldn't speak on it. For me, at least, this is without a doubt going to be the most intriguing season walking into it. So many teams with an opportunity to be competitive this year. I think a really good
4: question would be, is Alex Penrod a legend coach at Alexander? I mean, he was only there three years. I don't, I don't think no, it fits I the criteria, he... but man, did he do a good job. Holy yeah. cow. I mean, <laughs> considering what he did, had he stayed there five, maybe five more years, he could probably venture into the legendary status just based on the Alexander program. Uh, and then you mentioned you have Nathan White down on the list kind of far, and I, and I liked your reasoning, but there's really nobody above him to be considered legend. I mean, Don Esky, I guess, Gary, would be yeah. one guy you could throw out there. So. But Athens football program was, was so terrible that there's really no measuring stick outside of Ryan. Yeah. So I don't think it's really that difficult for Nathan White to climb up to what you're considering to be legendary because of, of nobody being there above
1: him. But it's just like you have to be better than Ryan Adams was over the next 10 years, or at uh, least the same.
4: Yeah, well, we're not, he's the we're state- not getting back to the state championship. No, We're not getting that. I'm not not saying, in my lifetime.
1: But I'm saying that if you look at the resumes, you've got to add playoff wins. You have to have some sort of run over the next 10 years. right? And you can point to Joe Burrow all you want, but as time goes along, all it's going to be is a, is a record in a record book. And you kind of look back at it and say... Okay, well, this guy made the state championship. This guy didn't. That's why I put him down on the well, list. Well, You
4: can have more than one legendary coach, too.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So if he gets close, but that's still tough. I mean, Ryan Adams had a what almost a ninety percent winning percentage in conference. Like this isn't easy. It wasn't easy what Ryan Adams did over the next ten over the last ten years. And I think it's it's bold and brash. For any Athens fan to say, it's gonna, it's easy money, next 10 years, don't worry about it. White's going to win that many conference championships. White is going to win 90% of his games in the conference. What he's going to do, Oh, don't worry. It's, I believe that's going to happen. I really do. I really do think that Nathan White is going to accomplish a lot as the head coach of Athens. I think he's going to do such a good job. I think he's young. I think he's smart. I think he's a guy that knows his X's and O's, that he's going to have opportunities elsewhere, bigger high schools, and probably assistant at the college level. I think that's how good of a job he can do with the Athens program.
4: Yeah, he's going to do great. The problem with high schools is it's the talent pool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the talent pool. He could be a great coach, but if the talent is not there, um, it's, it's really you've got to evaluate what they do with the talent they're given. I think that's where the evaluation needs to come. Because there's going to be a run where Athens is not going to have the horses, and it goes through every program. Nelsonville York was winless a couple of years ago. How would you have ever thought that they did not have the horses? Doesn't matter how good of a coach Dave Boston was. Doesn't matter how good of a coach Rusty Richards is. If you guys don't have, if you don't have guys that can run, block, catch passes, all that good stuff, you know you're not going to win a lot of games. And that's the kind of the problem with high school sports is the the talent is reciprocal. It's you just can't uh, you just
1: can't predict. Um, yeah, so, and that's that comes down to building a culture, that comes down to building a program, a youth system, like you always talk about, Troy. Like we see what Phil Ferris has done in Gloucester with the Trimble Tomcats. I mean, they never seem to really... They have years where the talent's softer, but they never run out, Gary. They're, yeah. they're always there, time and time again. If I was doing an Athens County list, Phil Ferris would already be at the top with a little lock next to it, because in my eyes, the man is already a legend. 25 years... Two state championship appearances. I mean, he could walk away today, and I think that eventually there'll be things named after him around Triple High School and oh, in that town.
3: Yeah, he's had an impressive career up to this point. No question about that. A very capable man, a very perceptive guy. Does a lot of the small things. Uh, when I, when I look at these these guys, when I think of legends too, I'm thinking of guys that have had uh, a number of cycles of athletes come through and and be successful. Uh, not uh, individuals are not related to previous. Dominant teams, but each year you have uh, new athletes come to the fore that are excellent perform well and that kind of thing and over a period of time, then you start to really see uh, a uh, a pattern uh, of 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 excellence that you just cannot deny uh, it, it, in a in a, a shorter career, you can have that great uh, period of a few seasons back to back and that sort of thing. But uh, does it really mean that much longer term? Because if you follow that up with some average to mediocre seasons, then it really doesn't make any difference. It kind of goes back to what Troy said. If you have the athletes, you win. And when you don't, you don't. But I just like the guy who who can take a group of kids and really mold them into something uh, with, uh, you know, some, sometimes you got guys lack size, lack a lot of things, but somehow – That great coach is going to find a way to integrate them into the system and develop what abilities they have and turn them into real football players uh, or whatever sport you're talking about. Those are the guys that jump out to me. And, and, you know, there's a handful of guys that stick with their careers long enough in one location, too, and I think that's another issue. If you're standing at one location where you have to – uh, you know, kind of survive through those down cycles because they are going to be down cycles. I don't care what school you're in, you you just don't have a consistent flow of great athletes coming through year after year. But uh, again, when you mention a 25-year career, a 25, yes, uh, uh, to me now that that jumps out at me, and I I look at a great record in that. If you want to call them legendary, I'd be more open to that sort of uh, a description. I think Luke probably more so than. Uh, a shorter time span, but uh, and I'm not trying to take anything with Nathan White. I think he's done an excellent job over here, and and uh, and you know just because of the you know where I'm located and and the cycle of, of the broadcasting things, I didn't see that many Athens high school games in recent years, so it's harder to judge. But I had I have seen a bunch of Trimble games, and I know what they look like, and I know historically what has transpired up there with some guys. Just look at him in street. Listen, you this guy's a football player. I mean, you don't exactly. It, it- but he somehow gets it out of them. and the last thing about it is he's turned his his players into a a thinking coach's player. guys that understand have a high football i q You can't just rely on physical talent these those kids have to understand the game and understand the situations, and if you can consistently do that sort of thing with a bunch of kids, you're going to win a bunch of ball games, and those are the legendary guys to me
1: yeah I think Phil Ferris is is written it's locked in I, to me oh it's locked in I just yeah. won't call in that for a little oh while. well you're just being stingy I, think. <laughs> I am I just say it I mean yeah sorry.
4: but it's just tough for me to call anybody legendary no, if they're I, just you know but it's hard to say how long Phil's going to coach for I mean he seems like Phils Phil's a little bit older than I keep thinking he is but he but I mean, he looks great for his age first of all I, I feel like he could coach another 20 years but I'm not so sure he will so I guess it kind of depends when he steps away too if he's much older. I'd probably call him legendary right off the rip, but if he were to retire like next year, I'm not going to call him legendary for a little
1: while. Give him like a, I'll give him a five year window. You know what would make him legendary? Starting Tabor Lackey this fall <laughs> instead of Cameron Kittle, which I'm starting to feel like will not happen. But it's not happening, man. We'll check out camp. You know, maybe something will change. I don't know. I don't know. We'll keep. We'll be right back on the sports fan. We're going to keep talking coaches. We'll talk Jimmy Burrow stepping away from the Bobcats and how that can impact things for. Ohio this fall. This is Sports Fan 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows. J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at JK be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740 698 3521 for a free estimate. At AT AT&T, we believe that access
0: to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211
1: or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com internet usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply.
0: This is the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. 70
1: wath 97.1 FM. Big welcome into the show. Troy Boland, Gary Baldwin, joining us here. Jimmy Burrow, no longer the head coach. Uh, no longer was never the head coach, no longer the defensive coordinator for the Ohio Bobcats. He's stepping away to watch his son at LSU. We'll talk a bunch of Joe Burrow throughout this season, but this segment is specifically about Jimmy Burrow and what's going to happen to this Ohio defense. Ryan Collins is the new guy that'll step up. He's been there for eight years, he's been on the staff. He says you'll have to really look hard to be able to tell the difference between Jimmy Burrow's defense and his defense. So it feels like a next guy up attitude. Is this the correct decision for Ohio? Is Jimmy Burrow going to be an important loss for this defense? And This defense has got a lot of talent returning in the secondary. Javon Hagan needs to step up, though, and I think some of the athletes on the defensive line need to make sure that they are stepping up in development. Still some question marks on the defense. Troy, what do you think in terms of Jimmy Burrow stepping aside as the defensive guy? How much is this going to affect the Bobcats and their defense? this upcoming fall they struggled at the start of last year but really turned it around come conference play
4: i'm going to take the guy's word for it um if he says there's not going to be much differences i wouldn't expect there to be still the coaching staff is pretty much attacked um you know frank's kind of a defensive guy too so i think he's got his fingerprints on some things and um uh, so yeah i would expect a lot of the same that we've seen from jimmy and maybe a few more wrinkles. Maybe that maybe he has some things in his head, or had been thinking the things over the last couple of years of well, this is what I might do different. And um, and I can tell you, just because Jimmy's retired, not around the program, I I would not be surprised if his phone rings quite a bit on Sundays. Uh, they're probably friends, and he would say, "And what should I have done here? What would you have done here? Do you have any suggestions on this?" And heck, there might be phone calls on Thursday too, on Friday. Well, what did Miami do last year? They might even watch game film together. I don't see Jimmy stepping away. So much so that he's not involved behind the closed doors with Ohio football. Now, I can't be for sure. I'm hoping to get him on the program. We'll ask him. You can ask him that.
1: Yeah, I I think that I, I expect him. This move was kind of a, hey, I just I can't commit to this. I can't commit to being here every single day. Right, and I can't commit to the time that it takes, the dedication that it takes to make the game plans, to go through everything, to make sure everybody's organized, every position group is where they need to be, all the things that go into being a defensive coordinator. But, yeah, i got time to watch game film, tell you how to exploit another offense, how we've exploited them in the past, some things we hit, this blitz package worked well, this guy can't handle pressure from the left side, which they talked about, I'm sure, but Jimmy Burrow still has some things in the head, I'm sure he's still going to contribute because he, he's an Ohio guy through and through. 14 seasons as a defensive coordinator, it makes you a bobcat. And the fact that you raised a family here, too, it adds to it. I, I think he'll still be hanging around. I think it's just going to be a new figurehead on top of the Ohio defense this year. A new guy to
3: blame. Right, Gary? There you are. Hey, you know, one of the things that, that comes to mind talking about uh, uh, transitions from one coach to another, and particularly a friendly uh, exchange like this, we were talking about a guy, you know, uh, Jimmy wasn't fired. He left voluntarily and, and he's he's on great terms with the rest of the staff over there. I th- that, I think that's extremely important. If you can ever get in a room with a bunch of coaches that that uh, or, will focus in on a particular topic, it's fun to, t- uh, to listen to those guys talk. About this. Yes, there will be nuances of things that one guy likes above another. Or you may see a particular uh, uh, asset a particular athlete might have. and You might do a little of this and a little of that. But in the end, uh, I, I think the package of things that a high university is, uh, offers over here does provide a lot of continuity. There's, uh, they don't make radical changes in in, in in the system over here year over year, uh, but there's nuanced things and things that's hard to spot. If we could just sit down with with a coach and let him start uh, to identify a few of those things, it's fun to watch. And you have almost have to when you go to a game, you almost have to to focus in on certain kinds of things, certain kind of calls and certain downs and that kind of thing. Uh, to to kind of get a flavor for what this new guy is going to do, because he might be just a little bit different. And there may be that, you know, you, if you watch them over the years, you see, okay, I know what they're going to do here kind of thing. But then you find it, oh, wait a minute. This is this is a little bit different here. this thinks a little different. Yeah, you know. Just a little right. b- another perspective. And
1: once you're the guy making the calls, you will make different calls in different situations. That's, that's right. Some of them will be inexperienced calls, but I bet some calls will be better because it's looking at it a different way. It's something new. It's that wrinkle. Uh, Like you said, the rest of the staff is pretty much all stuck together. Tim Albin's hanging around, and uh, you know there's always been rumors tossed around that Albin is the next guy up um, should Frank Solich step aside. And the way the offense has been run under Tim Albin, that's definitely a comfort spot for the Ohio Bobcats, and it needs to be a comfort spot because all that you've got on this offense is Nathan Rorick. You've lost 1,000-plus yards from your backfield, 2,200 yards from your backfield. Over 1,400 yards from your receiving core. Combined 29 touchdowns. Incredible types of losses. Three all-conference players on the offensive line. Gone. All you have back is the best quarterback in program history. I think he's already broken enough record that I'm going to put him above Tettleton unless Rourke just has a you know, crater senior season, which I don't see happening. If he's at least close to what he's been for two years, then I think you can safely put him above Tyler Tettleton. But that's all you got back? You, you think Julian Ross is good. You've seen Cam Odom in flashes. You think Shane Hooks can make some catches. You think Jerome Buckner is a great young slot guy as the next Poppy White. You think your offensive lineman, there's experience there, right? They yes. should step up and fill the roles. But that is still a lot of question marks for the Ohio Bobcats this year. And they're question marks that Nathan Rourke is going to have to be flipping those question marks to exclamation points because of how incredible his play is on the field. A lot of pressure on Nathan Rourke to make sure this offense gets its feet wet in the season because I think that the program is good enough and these guys have enough talent that once they're settled, about midway through the conference run, they can hit all strides, every position group is firing, receivers locked in, offensive line ready to go. But Tim, Al- Tim Alvin said it himself, these receivers aren't going to be ready really till mid-American Conference play, so it's going to be a long process. And Nathan Rourke is the guy that's going to need to answer all those questions. Gary.
3: I think that's a good point, and but I think he's capable of making incremental advances in his game too. I think he's a I think he's a smart guy, uh, but you know he he has experience now and perspective with different athletes out there. Uh, you know, he should be at the stage of his life now where he's at least a semi-coach out on the field. He can spot things. He can he understands enough of the game to know where the soft spots might be or where they should attack or what went wrong on a given play. It's one thing to run a play and it's busted. Gee, what happened? But, guys, we have got to understand what happened, why a play was broken up the way it was, and how do we fix it? Yeah. And if we can start doing stuff like that uh, or take advantage of some overplay on on a, on a defensive side, let's say, He's just smart enough, I think, to take advantage of those kind of things. I, I really have a lot of confidence in him that he will be able to elevate his game. I don't think we've seen the best of him. I think he's going to get uh, considerably better. I hope so anyway, but, but I just believe that he will. I just think that this team just needs to
1: start stepping up in big moments, Yes. in big games, I do. and understanding that just because there aren't a lot of people in the crowd doesn't mean it's not a big game. We've seen this team time and time again in the midweek games. Soft crowd, little bit cold, quiet stadium. You know, you're expected to win the game and they come in like they come in just they don't seem ready. They, they, there's gaps. Now, you could point to game plan, but it just feels like the passion, the energy, the focus isn't always there in some of those games. And, and they really need to start to understand the gravity of these situations and the gravity of these moments. And that comes down to Nathan Rourke because, let's be honest, you can make one argument with Nathan Rourke. Hey, this is a guy that is a record setter. This is a guy that is one of the top six returning quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Focus's metrics, in college football. He is literally being compared. This was from PFF Cam when he was on the show. He said, yeah, statistically, he's up there with guys like Trevor Lawrence, like Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, those guys. That's where he'll be statistically by almost every model. You can point to that. And then I can also point to the Mid-American Conference. And I can point to a great running game. One of the best offensive lines in the country last year. And you can also point to him running out of the back of the end zone. You can point to him throwing an interception against Akron, a pick six. You can point to him not showing up against NIU. So there are moments you can point to with Nathan Rourke and say, hey, maybe he needs to clutch up a bit. And now he has to. There is no A.J. Olette. This is, has to be it. He has to become a clutch player, a big moment player this season for the Bobcats if they want to win a MAC championship, Troy, because they have not had that guy when it feels like everything's in doubt that pulls him right out. We thought Tettleton was going to be it. He didn't end up being it. Rourke has had his moments. But more clutch times than not, goal line against Cincinnati. There you are. He hasn't come through, and he needs to come through if this Bobcat team wants to end this ridiculous drought that's gone on since 1968.
4: Could it be also, um, Could you bring, could you blame coaching a little bit for not being... Um, prepared for the game on the road on a Tuesday night. Is that is that on Nathan Rourke's shoulders? I mean, this or is that on is that on the staff?
1: I think that one's on the staff, but the individual clutch moments late in games. Yeah, I know. Nathan I know. Rourke is like oh for like uh, he's like two. I think he's had two big ones, but he's had four big failures. And if you flip that four and two, Bobcats have two MAC championships. I think.
4: I don't know, but I feel bad for them kids having to play in front of 100 people on a Tuesday
1: night. I, I, I do, too. I couldn't, I couldn't get up 28 degrees, degrees
3: outside?
4: Man, I just it's tough. I, I, I hate the Mac when they do that. I mean, it's cool, I guess, because I get to watch a football game on a Tuesday night. But I feel bad for them kids sometimes. Yeah, it's, and, and it's we awful. Com-
1: but we complain about the Bobcat crowds, fellas. But, man, we actually do fairly well compared to the rest of the conference on those midweek games. It's
4: almost like ESPN intentionally does not show the stands because it's almost just embarrassing. Like, there was a game at Kent State one year. I kid you not, I could count on my television like 20 people, and that was it.
1: But they do show the stands at Bobcat Games because there are usually at least a couple thousand at least a couple thousand on the worst Tuesday night games.
4: It's because we're halfway good, but if we were bad, we would just be just like Kent State and those other teams that had 20 people. Yeah, but there.
1: Buffalo Buffalo was incredible. They had an NFL quarterback, they thought, mm. and there was nobody in their stadium either. I think that Ohio's got a really good fan base for football. I think it's in a great area. A lot of these other schools are really close to major colleges, so it makes it tough to get, like Eastern Michigan. Are you kidding me? I mean, Ypsilanti's what? Isn't it close to Ann Arbor? It's close to either it's either close to Michigan or Michigan State. It's a 15-minute drive from one of those two stadiums. You can forget about getting people to freeze their butt off and watch the Eastern Michigan Eagles on that horrific-looking gray field when they've got the Michigan Wolverines or Michigan State Spartans, one of the two. Literally within 15 minutes. Like that that's just not going to happen. But Ohio I mean, Ohio State is the draw-up in Columbus, but the Bobcats, they're a pretty good team. You get the people down from West Virginia. Are people going to go to Mountaineers games? Yes. They're pretty much the only deal in town. You don't have a pro franchise close. I think that allows the Bobcats to really maintain popularity, but them being good has really helped as well. I mean, I don't know. And I think that this is just going to be a thing now. The Bobcat football is more popular, even if they go through a stretch, new coaching change, new regime of a bunch of six and six seasons. I think that it'll maintain in most ways. I don't think they'll completely bail on it and they'll turn into Kent State or Buffalo or Miami.
4: Now, Ohio's always, well, not in football. We were terrible in football. I don't want to say that. But we've, and just in athletics in general, I think we've always been one of the top two or three in the MAC. Just across the board, if they did attendance for football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, whatever all combined. I feel like Ohio's one of the better programs, yes. right? I mean, that's that's fair to say. Uh success-wise, attendance-wise. I actually when they when Shaw's when they had that or that article about Shaw's, they pointed that that we had the number one attendance in terms of just uh revenue for sports in general for his athletic department. So, and I think it's been that way for a while.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a it's a good program. It'd be interesting to see how the new leadership does guiding Ohio athletics into the future because it has been admittedly a conservative approach from the athletic department but it's an approach that when you write the exit article for Jim Schaus, you do the dissection. When you do the dissection of Frank Solich it's an incredible hire but it's a slow process and it's about continuity and it's about conservatism where we're going to make sure we don't make the big mistake but we're also not going to take that big jump. We're not going to take a risk to try to be a Boise State. Or a TCU. And you kind of feel that throughout the programs. That you just kind of sit there like, okay, we're just going to be really good and hope that maybe some talent will push us over the top into great. But they've never, they've had opportunities to maybe make a push to try to be that Boise State program. But they were, it's just so hard to turn down a coach that's as good as Frank Solich for that salary. I mean, it, it just doesn't like... Even that was a he,
4: big deal when we hired Frank. Oh,
1: yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it was
4: a big deal coming to the right. MAC. A Frank Solich from Nebraska was actually kind of a big deal.
1: But there's been a lot of opportunities where Frank is disappointed in terms of reaching the MAC championship where an, athlete, where an aggressive athletic director says, we can hire this young guy and he can go out and get us 12-0 and 0 maybe. Maybe he can get that type of recruiting class. But the problem with that guy, you're either going to have to pay him $4 million or he's gone. You pay Frank Solich $500,000, add him some bonuses if he gets some wins... He's one of the lowest-paid coaches in college football, and he doesn't care. And yet he's one of the best. So you're getting such a great value that the conservatism approach, the continuity, you'll take that every day because you're not going to find a coach that's going to stay around at that price range that Frank Solich is sitting at for the Bobcats. It makes him unbelievably valuable for the program. But can he take that next step? Can he win that championship? That's a real question because they've failed so far.
3: Well, one of the things that... that I the way I look at this... You're getting a great deal of continuity. You're getting a quality product. It is up to the athletes to some extent to be able to execute and be able to push themselves that next level. They've got to be able to understand that on their own, that they have that responsibility. It's not just the coach's fault. We te- we've we got to take that upon our shoulders to win this championship. They've got to do that.
1: Boom. Gary Baldwin with the fire to end <laughs> the show. Big thanks to Troy Bolin and Joey Mador and Gary Baldwin right there. This has been the Sports Fan Copperheads get started in 15 minutes. Reds will be on in 40. Copperheads with a big two-game series. They win both. They're in the playoffs. I'm Lucas Moore. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.